Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, December 11th, we look at Lesson 11, Deuteronomy and the Later Writings. Together, let's see how there are glimpses of Deuteronomy found with the Later Prophets. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, Lesson 11, and I really enjoyed reading this lesson, Michael, Deuteronomy in the latter, uh, in the latter writings. And our memory text comes from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 15. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after them. You above all people as it is this day. Uh, so recognizing them as the chosen people, but also mm-hmm. what comes along with being chosen, right? Yeah. Uh, so Responsibility. Today, yeah. So today we'll be looking at a lot of correlations between the book of Deuteronomy and as well as, uh, of course, it's wrote down here, the latter writings. And so, uh, Michael, please share with us a little bit more about this concept especially coming out of 2 Kings 22, the book of the law. Well, yeah. So first thing I want to mention is just that, you know, Deuteronomy, every time it talks about the law, it's always in conjunction with two themes. And I know we've talked about this before again and again, but the fact that God created us and that God redeemed us. And in the case of the children of Israel, what they're talking about is their redemption through the Exodus, of course. Right. Uh, And so you have these reminders, this interplay of ideas, creation, redemption, creation, redemption. And uh, the, the book of the law is really about these two themes. And when we unpack this a little bit more in Second Kings chapter 22, we have Correct. this incredible story of Josiah, which has got to be one of the... <laughs> The most fun stories. My, just... my kids love this love this story. I'm like, no, you're not going to be king that early, all right? Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> right, if only. Right. Everybody wants that. But, <laughs> uh, but here he is, you know, eight years old, becomes king as, you know, and and reigns for 31 years. Yes. And so, uh, and, and what that I think shows is God's ability to work um, both in someone's life and sometimes in spite of the the what seemingly most uncertain of circumstances that the unlikely of circumstances. And here, uh, here he is. And as he grows into accountability, it says he's 18, right? So presumably, uh, obviously he would have had people around him helping him to run the kingdom during this time, but the age of accountability and, and that's when he goes and checks by the temple and they start kind of checking on what's going on there and repairing the temple, which mm-hmm. is all just, uh, it's a beautiful gesture of someone who loves God, wants to see God's temple, God's sacred space honored. You know, this, this idea of honor, uh, which is so important in, in a Middle Eastern context here. And as the process of cleaning uh, Buster, you know, this this last week we were getting ready for, for company, for Thanksgiving. And I, know shout it, out I know what that to, looks like. Right? right, right, yeah. The love love family coming to visit and, and appreciate that very much. And uh, so we were doing some extra cleaning. Oh, yes, D- deep cleaning. <laughs> deep cleaning. And so we're going through the closet and we found... Well, I shouldn't say what we found, but we found some things <laughs> <laughs> that we needed to, to get rid of, right? Yes, of course. And uh, actually, it's really funny, Buster. I will say this. We, we found some old, um, unused, they were pristine, diapers. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, 
we're not going to be using these. Yeah, I don't think anytime soon. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So we're, we're done with these. What do we do with this this basically nice unused pack of, of pristine diapers? So uh, Ryan Loga, if you're listening, you and Amanda, um, so, so we first thought of you guys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pass these along. So you never know when you're cleaning stuff up what you're going to find. And, uh, and, and and sometimes you find something really good. Yes. Something valuable you didn't know that you were missing. And that's when he stumbles on, um, actually it's Hilkiah that stumbles on this, this copy of the book of the law and the temple of the Lord, it says in verse eight. And they report this to the king. And, and I mean, anybody that's a bibliophile has got to love this. You know, I realize <laughs> it's not a book, it's a scroll, but yeah, it's true. they found something sacred and old and significant. There's something really cool about that when when you find something you weren't expecting, and and so they they bring it to the king and in the presence of the king, um, and he hears the words of the book of the law. We're talking about Deuteronomy here, yeah. you know. Um, he tears his robes. It's this visceral reaction. Uh, in in a good way, uh, recognizing yes. this. We, 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 we as a people, are, we've messed up. Where have we been? Yeah. We, how have Wake we up. not been paying attention? And here's God's word yeah. spoken to us, to God's people, and to pay attention. And, and so this begins the uh, catalyst for revival of God's people. So the spoken word, um, hearing the book of um, Deuteronomy here, God's promises, uh, of his creation, of his redemption, hearing those stories, they matter and they matter a great deal. And so uh, and so this is the beginning of just incredible uh, revival and story um, all through the discovery of a copy of the book of the law, the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, and so we kind of shift from there to the heaven of heavens. Um, what happens next, Buster? Yeah, you know, there's this this phrase that is used there, heavens of hev- heaven of heavens. And it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll go ahead and just read a portion of this. It's Well, let's go ahead and read all of it. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, to love him, to serve your uh, the, uh, the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Behold, the Lord your God, uh, belong, uh, behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heavens and the heaven of heavens. Yeah. Don't say that 12 times too fast, right? right. I think I get tongue tied on that too. <laughs> yes. The earth and all that, all that is in it. Yeah. Yet the Lord set his heart in love of your, uh, on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, uh, you above all peoples as you are this day. Uh, and so hearing that, we see that this phrase is pointed out several times in other places in the Bible. In First uh, Kings eight twenty seven, uh, it says, "But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot uh, contain you. How much less this temple which I have built?" Right, and we we see there uh, uh, the the ark of being brought into the temple and this idea, this notion of the heaven of heavens. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's magnifying this moment, this particular recognizing the majesty, the greatness, the vastness of God, that he is worthy to be worshiped as a result of this, especially there. And I have to read this one. This is Nehemiah chapter nine. This is where Nehemiah is recognizing that God and God alone is worth being worshiped. You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, 
the earth and everything in it, the seas and all that is that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we see this concept mm-hmm. that God is worth being worshiped because he's the creator. Yeah. And he didn't just create, he created the heaven of heavens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so with that notion, that idea per, uh, permeates the rest of scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talk about the book of law. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also the book of continuance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that striking reformation that happens as a result in, yeah. in Second Kings. Yeah. We also see it happening here in Psalm and also in the book of Nehemiah and First mm. Kings. Wow. Uh, so hopefully the audience takes with them. Allow the book of Deuteronomy as we've studied it this quarter to permeate our own hearts as well. Recognize that God is worship, worthy to be worshipped because of who he is and as creator. Yeah. All right, so Michael, that brings us to now Deuteronomy and Jeremiah. Yeah, so you just can't get rid of Deuteronomy, can you? Cannot. (laughs) It's just (laughs) it's it's permeating all the rest of uh, the scriptural uh, record, and and that's part of the beauty, and I think that's the point of this week's lesson is just how we see this. Uh, reiterated in other parts of scripture. And of course, Jeremiah is the main focus. And it starts with Deuteronomy chapter four, uh, verses 23 to 29. And we've actually covered these passage, this passage already uh, in previous weeks. But I, I just want to highlight a couple of things. Uh, verse 23, it says, be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that he made with you and do not make yourselves an idol in the form of anything the Lord your God has forbidden for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. So God's warning them, don't do this, right? Yeah, right. And, and then I just learned something uh, fun because my cousin, Jonathan Gardner, shout out to him. Here he was for Thanksgiving. Yes. And we did Sabbath school together for our chapel Sabbath school. Okay. And, and I learned something something new from him because here, here he is doing this all ancient Near Eastern archaeology and Old Testament. And he talks about these suzerain treaties. Uh. And so he gave some examples of these ancient treaties and their blessings if you follow and then curses if you don't follow them. And I love the the one example he uh, shared and, and they actually have a tablet, you know, so this is not made up. But uh, the curse was that your children would learn to walk backwards like craps. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the point he was making is these uh, descriptions that we have here in the Bible sound very similar to these ancient Near Eastern um, warnings in terms of their structure and how they are. And what they do over and over again is they call upon nature as a witness to whether they are faithful or faithless in their relationship with God. And we see this here. And so here's this warning. Um, here's what's going to happen if you don't listen. And here's how I'm going to bless you if you do listen. It's a suzerain treaty. Here we it's go. a really fancy term. But but really, that's just breaking it down, how God is communicating in the language of the people. And we find this again in Jeremiah chapter 7, 1 through 7, the same kind of warning here. Uh, in verse one, stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. And then, okay, here we go. Check this out. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This Mm. is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, reform your ways and your actions and I will let you live in this place. Don't trust in deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord. In other words, don't say just because I'm a Jew or I guess we could maybe update this a little bit, you know, don't just say because I'm an Adventist, I'm going to be saved, right? (laughs) 
Uh, don't trust in deceptive words like that. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with others, uh, with each other justly, justly, if you don't oppress the fa- the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and don't shed innocent blood in this place, and if you don't follow other gods to their own harm, then I'll let you live in this place in the land I gave your ancestors forever and forever. Mm. I, I just love that. The, the, here's God speaking in the language that they can understand. It's true. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's just very typical of the ancient Near East and saying, hey, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Yeah. So that's kind of the scoop here on Jeremiah. Uh, but what does the Lord require? You know, uh, this is Micah 6, 8. When someone <laughs> asked me, what's your favorite scripture? Ooh. There's so many that come to my mind, but Micah mm-hmm. 6, 8 is one of the ones I are my go-to. Yeah. He has shown you, a oh man, what does mm-hmm. the Lord require of you, but to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Yeah. And you know, as you study the lesson, sometimes mm-hmm. you, you realize things without realizing them. Yeah. This was one of those weeks for me because Deuteronomy chapter 10, I just read it a little while ago, yeah. uh, correlates directly with Micah 6, 8. Mm. Uh, we heard earlier, and, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Yeah. But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And then we just heard uh, me quote Micah 6, 8. Uh, But there, as Micah begins, he's saying, should I, you know, give you my firstborn son, 10,000 rivers of oil? God, shall I bring all these different things? And both Deuteronomy and Micah 6, 8 show the simplicity of what God wants. Wow. He wants us, but he also wants us to treat others equitably. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wants us to give him our value. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants us to value him, give him our time and resources. And but mainly he wants our hearts. Yeah. And so Deuteronomy is very good about bringing this out. And mm-hmm. and as you make that correlation between Micah and Deuteronomy, you realize how much once again, this word comes up permeation from mm-hmm. the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah. Pours into the lives of the prophets. Wow. Uh, and till this day, mm-hmm. uh, it should pour into our lives and our and our theology. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully it helps us remember what does the Lord require? Yeah. Uh, shall I shall I never miss a day of Sabbath school in my life? Right. Have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> shall, shall I return all the tithes and offerings for the rest of my life? Yes. Wow. But there's something that precedes that that God is after. And that's mm-hmm. he wants you. He wants your heart. Love it. And so, uh, Michael, that brings us down to the last thing. Daniel's prayer. And talk about a heart appeal. Yes. <laughs> you know, if you bring it home. Yeah, right. So Deuteronomy or Daniel, excuse me, <laughs> chapter nine. Um, this beautiful prayer by the prophet Daniel where he's praying for God's people mm. and the restoration of God's people is just this um, moving prayer. And I'm not gonna take the time to read it all, but but twice in this prayer he I talks about the um, the law of Moses. You know, yeah. he's talking clearly about Deuteronomy here, right? So uh, this idea um, of of judgment, of accountability, uh, that that God's people know or should know. They have a responsibility, and and the reason that they're in captivity and in Babylon is because they haven't listened, they haven't paid attention, and allowed themselves Ouch. all the things that God warned them that would happen if they didn't pay attention. Sure enough, came true. And even after that, I love this prayer of intercession. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the end of the prayer. Uh, give ear our God and hear. Open your eyes and see the desol- desolation of the city that bears your name. We don't make requests of you because we are righteous, mm. but because of your great mercy. And yes. I think this is just a beautiful promise that we need to remember. I, I think there's a, a human instinct that we feel like we have to make ourselves better before we can somehow turn to God. 
Ouch. And uh, it's not like that at all. Step on toes, Michael. Stop it. it. It'll never, it's never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. Yeah. And yet God tugs at our heartstrings and says, I just want you. I just want you to surrender. You, you know what amazes me about yeah. Daniel's prayer, Michael? And yeah. as a pastor, a professor now, yeah. uh, it just reminds me that sometimes mm. Daniel was a righteous man. He yeah. just was. Yeah. Uh, we see it all the way from Daniel 1 to Daniel 8. Then Daniel We're going to find fault with Daniel, right? Exactly. But yeah. when he's praying this prayer, he's saying, Lord, we have sinned. Mm. We've fallen short. Lord, Taking responsibility. We, exactly. Corporate uh, mm-hmm. uh, responsibility. Yeah. And when I when I read that, it just reminds me. It's so easy to take ourselves outside of the congregation and say, Lord, forgive all those sinners, but thank you for keeping me self-righteous, right? Mercy. <laughs> and you remember that we're with the people and, yeah. and, and Moses, yeah. his, the book of the law, right? Yeah. He's writing this as someone, yeah. yes, he's, he's missing out of the promised land, but yeah. someone who walked with God. And even willing to have his name blotted out of the book of life. I mean, that's, that's intense, Buster. It's huge. And and just this 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 responsibility for one another. Yeah, yeah. I wish we still had it as as a people, as mm-hmm. as a nation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to recognize that my life is just as valuable as yours. Yeah, right. No, no matter what you believe, right? I'm not just talking about Adventists. I'm talking about people in general. Mm-hmm. Your life is as important as my life. Yeah, and I suppose that's maybe why Deuteronomy has such a lasting impact. As we, yes. you know, kind of looked at, you know, here's this book of the law, you know, all the way in the Old Testament, but it's lost and found again. It causes a revival. <laughs> you know, Daniel reminds it as as part of his corporate experience of of responsibility, where he sees himself um, as part of God's people, and they just keep reminding. It. And, and I think that's just because the message of God's love and salvation is just timeless. It, it is. It is. And I appreciate you bringing that up because yeah. sometimes we, we neglect it or we take it for granted because mm. it is so timeless. Yeah. It'll always be there. Yeah. Yes. But what good is something that's always there if you never use it? It's true. You know, what good is a, you know, a Michael, I have some things like that. What good is a box of diapers for grown people, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I saw, uh, I hope Dr. Logan doesn't mind me giving a little shout out here, but uh, we were walking across campus and I, hey, I've got those diapers for you. I said, well, not for you. <laughs> he said, of course, I know what you were meaning. Well, but, that's you know, a good correlation though. Di- yeah. Diapers are timeless, Yeah. but hopefully you won't always need them. Maybe at the end of your life, but <laughs> hopefully not, right? Yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and so that that message, and I'm glad that God meets us at whatever stage of life we're at. Yeah. Um, but it's not because of our righteousness, uh, because of, but because of God's great mercy, and that's just the promise that I want to cling to and claim for myself personally. Amen. You know, and I think uh, those of you that are listening, I hope you'll claim that promise as, as well, that wherever you may be in your own uh, Christian walk, that claim God's mercy yeah. in your life. Yeah. And I will say if the Bible, you can't apply the Bible to your life because mm-hmm. it's it's not doing anything for you, then it means you're very far from God. Mm-hmm. Because every time I read any of the scripture, yeah. right, yeah. there's something new about it. His mercies are new morning by morning, right? It's not just some portions of it, all of it, like adds something to our lives. And so realign our hearts and our wisdom with God and it will add to our lives. I love it. Well, I think that's a great note to to put a wrap for this week. So this is Soup. And Swoops, signing signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. 
By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swau.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.